0: podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Benavides. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Brandon Jones, CEO, founder of BeDadly.com, uh, the Be dadly podcast, a podcast dedicated to uh, discussing all things dadly, right? Uh, from being an entrepreneur um, while caring for toddlers to raising screen agers and talking to birds and bees. That's what they focus on in the podcast. The whole idea of Be Dadly, though, is also to help dads understand the ways that we can be communicating with our children. God love dogs barking in the background. Uh, communicating with our children, um, supporting our kids, but then also disciplining them without anger and fear. And so using the tools necessary to uh, balance that. So um, if you listen to a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about anger management. Um, Brandon Jones is going to give some of that detail today. He's going to share about what are ways that we can be um, Disciplining our children, holding them accountable, speaking to them without creating fear and anger um, in us, but or anger in us, but then fear in them over us. Right? We talked about having a healthy fear, but this is more of the fear of what is Dad gonna do? Is Dad gonna beat me? Is Dad gonna do whatever? Right? Yelling at me, whatever, making me feel less than. How do we make this right? So Brandon's gonna give some tips today, and I'm excited for you to hear the conversation uh, here coming up um, now. Enjoy. All right, hey Brandon. It's good to have you on, man. I'm excited to, to be talking to you about um discipline today.
1: Yeah, thanks, so well, Um I'm honored to be here.
0: Yeah. So Brandon Jones, tell us about yourself. So um you you have uh bedadly.com, but you have a podcast, you have a blog. Let's let's hear more about what 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 it is and how it started and and uh what's going on with that.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. So um essentially i am a fatherhood parenting coach um i help dads with anger help them with uh correcting their children with uh out having to punish we're going to talk about that still have to do discipline but um but we get rid of punishment and there's a little distinction there that we'll likely get into in this podcast um but i basically help parents get their ch- children to cooperate without having the meltdowns the anger the frustration Um, those kinds of things. And my real short story is that uh, when I I got cussing my son at five and he was really challenged, he, he basically had been in a home environment that was toxic and his mother, he lived with his mother and it, you know, kind of come to find out, I, I, I didn't have a whole lot of time with him between one and five years old. And, Over those years, while he was under his mother's care, he was kind of being neglected and not neglected in the sense of like malnourished or anything neglected emotionally. Like he wasn't getting the physical connection, the heart to heart stuff that he needed. Turned out later, we figured out that his mother was addicted to drugs. And so what was happening is she was pretty much checked out the stress of being a mother and not, and having, you know, him and we were pretty young when we had him. The stress of all that, I guess, had turned her into coping with drugs. And that ultimately ended up him becoming challenged emotionally. So what that translated to is that when he hit kindergarten, he could not go through kindergarten uh, like a normal kid. And it was very apparent that he just couldn't make it through a whole day without getting into a ton of trouble. And that ultimately ended up with him being expelled. They lived in a small town where there was only one school. And so she was now, here she is having to work, but now this, my son is, has to be home all the time. So she calls me up and she says, you have to come get your son. I can't handle him anymore. And he just got expelled from school. Now, to be honest, I've been trying to get time with them for a long time. So I was actually pretty excited about this opportunity for the longest time. been like, why don't you let him come live with with me for a year? Why don't you let him, you know, come with me? she's like, you can't handle, you know, being a dad right now. I'm like, "I, I can do this. I can do this. And she just didn't trust me. So finally I get custody. I'm at five years old and I had, uh, realized pretty quickly that I was dealing with something that I was pretty, uh, insufficient at the task for handling, he wasn't a normal challenge. He was he had suffered, he was struggling with ADHD. He was having what they diagnosed him with what's called conduct disorder. Um and essentially like he just did the opposite of what you would expect a child to do. He for example, if he went to the bathroom, he would sometimes pee on the wall and you'd be like, "Why did you pee on the wall?" and he'd be like, "Cuz I wanted to." You're like, "Whoa." You know, I'd introduce him to people. I remember introducing him to someone I worked with and I said, Hey, this is my son Sheldon. And, and they said, Oh, hi, Sheldon. And he goes, I know what friends of benefits are. And it was like shocking. People were just always like, uh, okay. And in my head, I'm like, I don't even know if he knows that that's not right to say or do, you know? So anyway, so the long story short is that I I thought this kid just needs discipline. He has not been disciplined properly. So I spent the next two years disciplining him. I grounded him, spanked him, um, putting him, putting him in timeout, removing privileges, um, giving him consequences for any of his actions. And I would also give him positive consequences. For example, if he had a good day at school, I would take him and give him frozen yogurt. We, he knew that if he had a solid week, which was very, very difficult, but if he had a solid five days of, of school, um, and in being well behaved, that he would get a game from from GameStop. Over the course of two years, I think he got one game. So it was very apparent he just couldn't meet the expectations. Right. Mm-hmm. Luckily, through the work that we were doing, the time that I was spending with him, and the the discipline I was providing him, he didn't get expelled again. Um, through that time, so we were improving somewhat, but we still had enormous challenges, and. There was a day where he said to me, um, he was in trouble again. At this point, he has no door on his wall because I had grounded him and he had taken a marker and started writing on the walls of his room. So I said, now you don't get privacy because before you could have the door, but now you don't even get the door. So I removed the door. He had no door on his wall. He couldn't go to his friend's house because he had he or, or hang out with any of the other kids because he had been in trouble. He couldn't play games because his game machine had been taken from him for being in trouble. I had already done things like spanking. So that wasn't working. So I wasn't going to spank him that day, but it basically was yelling at him. And I was like, how many times have we talked about this? I mean, how many times have we gone over this? You know what to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he starts crying and he says, "Um, dad, I like, don't mean to make you angry. I don't mean to make you angry. I don't mean to make my teachers angry. I'm just a bad kid. And that day literally broke my heart. I like thought to myself, whoa, man, no, like, I don't want you taking on this identity that this is something inherently wrong with you. Like there's something that you can't fix. And it just penetrated me so much that I realized, you know, this kid is getting his personality, his his, his belief system, partly because of how we've been punishing him, partly because of how the school has been giving consequences. I've been giving consequences and stuff. And he's starting to misunderstand that we're not, we're trying to help him with habits. We're trying to help him with behavior. And instead he's taking it on as his personal identity. And when that happened, I thought to myself, like, I've tried the same things over and over now for more than two years. Maybe I need to go pick up a parenting book. Maybe I need to go look for some other resources. Maybe I need to see if there's something else out there. And so I literally went to Barnes and Noble that day and I drove to Barnes and Noble and I picked up parenting with love and logic. And it was the first parenting book that I've read or that I had read. And I started using some of the tools in there. And one of the things that talked about was having a melodic voice. And I was the. Drill sergeant dad. My voice was stern. If I said something, I meant it. Consequences were real, like positive or negative. You could trust that I was going to do what I said I was going to do. But I was stern. I was very stern as a father. And I remember reading about the melodic voice. And in my head, I was like, that is so weird to have a melodic voice. That's just like bizarre. <laughs> like, why would I do nice. that? You know? Yeah. But then I tried it, and my son responded. He responded to that voice. He he didn't get defensive. He didn't go in like he didn't start lying and start like defending himself. Where before he would say like I didn't do that. I would you know he would just immediately go to this defensive place. I was like uh oh, looks like we you know and I kind of had this voice that was kind of sing songy, and he responded. And in my head I was like whoa, that was weird. He like didn't get defensive on me. He actually listened to the lesson. He actually took. And did what I asked him to do. That was so weird. And then I tried another one and I held, I held a boundary, but I held a state of calm, cool, collected and, and firm. I was firm, but I wasn't mean I was super kind. I was very much like warm to him. And I held a boundary and he responded and he did what I asked him to do. And it was after I used a couple of tools, I go, oh, my goodness, this is working. This is working. And this is so different than everything I have been doing. I have been screaming. I have been spanking. I have been yelling. I have been shaming. I have been blaming. I have been creating pain. That didn't work. But this is working. So my my mind got opened up to maybe there's another way to parent even more. And I just started devouring books. I read parenting with love and logic. I read the whole brain child. I read positive discipline. I read how to speak so children will listen. I read no drama discipline. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I don't want to exhaust you guys with the list, but I read so (laughs) many parenting books. And then I started taking parenting courses. I started taking parenting workshops. And what ended up happening is that my son went from an expelled ADHD conduct disorder child to a respectable, respectful, disciplined, uh, confident. He became more confident, uh, just an incredible, just his, he's so different today. My son is 17 years old. He has a job. He had, he works out six days a week. He's had a solid girlfriend for over a year. The kid gets, you know, he doesn't get the, he's not an A plus student. But he also, for him, what he values—he has a drop shipping business. He values he he values entrepreneurship and stuff. He sees school as like he just wants to just get it done. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be an A plus student, so his his motivation isn't quite there with the A plus student stuff. But when ter- in terms of his behavior, he's incredible. I just know I never would have gotten here without the tools. And so in twenty twenty one, I decided to get certified and to help other fathers because I see a very big need. So many of the workshops, classes, so many of the books, some of the things I've done are focused on moms, but dads are often considered the disciplinarians. And mm-hmm. some of the things I learned are counterintuitive. They don't work the way that you and I, and most of us were raised. They're a little bit different. In fact, most of us turned out okay in spite of our parents, not because of, you know, in yeah. spite of the way that they disciplined us. And so I'm just I'm just here today helping dads learn that there are more effective tools, they're respectful, et cetera, and that we live in a different age. <clears throat> kids today, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Let me get a sip of water real quick. Sorry. Kids today <clears throat> live in a different world than we lived in. Uh, it's almost unusual to see kids playing outside where before it would have been the opposite. Um, so many of the influences that kids have today, we never were exposed, we just didn't have those kind of influences. And so I'm just trying to help dads update the skill set.
0: That's great. That's great. I mean, the I think all of us have had some sort of discipline in that way, right? Where it's like I think that what you were describing, that stern voice, the the it was almost like we were taught that this is how we're supposed to be dads anyway. Like dads are supposed to have the strong, you know, stern got to be making sure that you have the snarl you know you gotta you gotta show kids and then when and then the kids will know that you, you I always love when people say I just give them that look and they know right um and sometimes I'm like well what what is that look right like I don't have even know I don't even know if I'm making the look but then you also but then you start kind of <laughs> gradually getting the look and you start going like oh I think yep. I feel it in my face
1: now I got that look
0: yeah oh. But now, so, so this is, so the question is though, for, I think for some would say, because, um, you know, a couple podcasts ago, I talked about the idea of um, around anger, you know, around um, discipline and, you know, how do you, how do you respond to kids that just like, they, they're just not listening, man. Like they're like, and, and I'm, I've given them, I've tried to tell them like, please get this done. I have to speak to them politely. I try to speak to them lightly, but then they're just not wanting to hear it. So then you want to be able to yell, you want because well, it's not that you want to, but you have to, or you feel like you have to, in order to get them to have a a healthy fear, I guess, in a sense of what you're doing. How would you respond to that?
1: Yeah, so it 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 very much depends on the age group, right? So how you're speaking to them. But there are a couple of things that I use that I feel like work pretty well and like as broad tools, right? There, there are things that we can get more specific on, but broadly speaking, here are a couple that really work. The first is that we need to recognize that we want to give children the responsibility so that eventually they don't need us. Right. But how do we place that responsibility square on their shoulders? Because the child's priorities and our priorities are different, right? We want the house clean. They just want to play, you know, we, we want to get moving because we're going to be late. They want to finish their game, you know, or we want a clean room. They want to go to their friends. So part of it is like, how do we place responsibility on their shoulders and how do we motivate them to want our priorities as well? And one of the tools that I encourage parents to use is a wind is called wind then. And it actually is very much like an algorithm. So uh, for those of you who know like logic or coding or anything like that, it's like uh, a win then is just like a trigger sequence. So we can do it with our children. For example, I can say to my oldest son who loves to hang out with his girlfriend or loves to go to his friend's house or something like that, when, forgive me for that, sorry about that, when your room is clean, then you're welcome to go hang out with Avery. When, your contributions are done. You're welcome to go to your friend's house. So basically what I'm doing is I'm setting up the priority sequence that they care about it too. So with a little one, you might say, hey, when all these toys are picked up, then you can enjoy your screen time. Or um, when your room is clean, then we can have our friends over. So we, we can use when then Um, as just a general way of just motivating the child. Now we have to be able to accept that they may not clean the room, but also they don't get to have their friends over. And from my experience, if you put the proper privilege, it's not a bribe. I want to make sure that this is clear. When I put a privilege as the, then not a bribe. I didn't say when you get your room clean, I will give you ice cream you know, when you, uh, when you pick up all these toys, then, you know, we'll go buy a new toy. That's, that's not what we're doing here. We're not bribing. What we're doing is we're controlling the sequence of events and we're putting privileges after responsibilities. And it's good to tell our children that we're doing this because we have to do this ourselves. We have to handle our responsibilities as adults and then enjoy our privileges. For me, for example, I love to go fishing. But I don't put fishing ahead of my work. I put work ahead of my fishing. So what we're doing is when we do this, we're setting the priority in front of the privilege and children are more motivated to get to the privilege. So they get through the work. The other one is suppose that you're trying to get children to calm down. And a lot of parents, what generally happens is, let's say that the children are being rambunctious in a living room. What I love to do is give children choices and then tell, and then let them be responsible for the outcome. Okay. So they they, they have choices. That's an empowering place for children. And then I give them the outcome that they will ultimately choose through their actions. I don't like giving a consequence when I haven't revealed that in advance. Like, I don't like telling a child, Hey, now that you did that, now you, you know, don't get this. I just had, I just had an experience with um, a father just recently where uh, my son and his son were not handling conflict as well as they could have they their best buddies. And they're riding on the bus instead of handling the conflict by talking it out or asking for an adult's help. They were kind of punching each other They weren't fighting. They were just kind of rough. They were just kind of being too rough with each other. So I, I wanted to talk to the dad and just see if we could, you know, have the kids talk it out and and get it resolved. And the dad's immediate knee-jerk reaction was we're moving seats. Well, that consequence was not revealed whatsoever in advance. So both kids were kind of shocked. Wait, we're not getting our seats moved. And what this did inadvertently is it made my son, he doesn't necessarily want to come to me and tell me what stuff would happen with the other child, because now the dad could give an unrevealed consequence and he would be afraid of that. So the other thing is that the children don't get a chance to try again. And inadvertently, we're saying to the child, I don't believe you can handle this on your own, even if you knew what the expectations were. So I don't like giving unrevealed consequences. So how do we reveal a consequence in a short bit of time, right? Without having a big, long lecture or anything like that. And that's where I use a tool called either or. So going back to the living room, let's say the children are being rambunctious in the living room. Most parents go through this sequence. Guys, you need to calm down. The kids keep going. Guys, you're, guys. I'm telling you right now, you need to calm down or you're going to be in trouble. Now, notice that they're going to be in trouble. We don't even know what the trouble is yet. The consequence has not been revealed. Kids are still messing around. They pipe up a little bit again. Okay, listen, now you guys do not get dessert. You guys have not listened to me. You are seriously in trouble. Now they're crying. What? No dessert. I didn't know that we couldn't have dessert. Now that's a big fight. Okay. And by the way, desserts in a while, it's not even happening right now. So what do they do? Kids pipe up again. Now, mom or dad snap. All right. That's it. You guys go to your room right now. I've told you about, a, you know, 500 times you got to get out. Now, how familiar does that sound? Does that sound kind of unfamiliar?
0: Well, that was just last night for me. That's <laughs> so yeah, that's that's okay.
1: <laughs> so let me give you a better scenario. Okay, so now we're going to use a tool called either or. Either or works like this. I'm going to give the child two choices that I'm okay with either outcome. I really don't have a preference on these, um, and and also they're not really even punishments. Like there's not even a. It's not really a punishment. They're just consequences of choices and. Both are kind of okay. Like, it's not like if you said either or like this, if you said, hey, either you lower your voice in this house or you're getting a spanking, that's kind of more like an ultimatum. And that is, that is kind of like a threat, right? That's threatening. There's going to be pain on the other side, et cetera. What I like to do is use consequences that I'm okay with either one and either one works for the family. So what we do is we'll say, for example, hey guys, Either we use our inside voices in the living room, or you can play in your room. I'm not saying you're going in timeout. I'm not saying that you got to go in there for 30 minutes. I'm not giving a specified. I'm just saying that this is how this framework is going to work. Either you lower your voice in here and you get to stay in here, or you go play in your room, and then you're welcome to come back in here when your voice is lower. So... Now the kids are acting up, they're, they're being rambunctious. And I say, Hey guys, either we lower our voice in here and and we use our inside voice, or you can play in your room. Now, what do kids do? They're like, okay. They say, okay. And then they start doing it again. Now here comes, I see you chose. Now we're going to use the language. I see you chose to go play in your room. Would you like to walk there? Or would you like me to help you get there? Most kids want to walk. Now, most kids are going to say, no, I don't want to go to the room. I just want to play. And you're going to say, I know, I know, I know. I hear you, sweetie. When you can use your inside voice, you can be in here. I can do it now. Wonderful. That's all I really wanted. I really appreciate you for that. Now, they pipe up again. You just gently grab their hand and you say, I see you chose to go to your room. Feel free to come back out when you can use your inside voice. You repeat this process as often or as as much as necessary. I will tell you, it's surprising. It it, it often surprises parents how even though they don't have to stay in the room and they can come back out, they do not like the process of having to go. They do not like the process of you holding a boundary. They will. They may forget because children do that. They'll start playing and they forget again. They get excited. They may forget but you don't have to repeat the either or you don't have to tell them what's going on. You just simply grab their hand and say, I see you chose to go to your room. They are like, Oh my goodness, this boundary is real. This, this is a real boundary. Mom and dad aren't being unfair. They're not giving me an unrelated consequence. They're not doing this knee jerky. They're not being disrespectful to me. They're just really holding a boundary and it works.
0: I love that. I think that, um, yeah, you know, I see that as a as a means to an end. In the sense, where it's like, you realize that, um, you know, today so many people say like, oh, young people just don't want to work; they don't want to be held accountable, blah blah blah. But like, if you start doing this, either or, I see you chose type of idea. When they go to work when they're older, it's like, hey, either you show up to work or you're gonna not have a job. Yeah. Well, I see you chose not to be employed, right? I mean- I see you it, chose it,
1: to be promoted to customer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, but, but again though, it's like, okay. So, and then it's like, well, man, all right. Yeah, I need to make a decision. Like it's either I'm going to be responsible or I'm not going to be responsible, but- Yes, and I'm, choices and so, have
1: consequences. That's what we're yeah, teaching. Yeah, that's golden, man. I appreciate that so much. Um, yeah, and it, and, it re- and, and this is the thing. So like, for example, with the moving the seats- on the, uh, the bus thing, we did not give the responsibility to them. We took responsibility. We said, Oh, I see what you did. Now we're going to do this. And we never even, we didn't even invite them into the conversation. See, I like, I, I really believe that if you invite a child into the conversation around, um, a challenge that when they give way in, they have buy-in, if they contribute to the solution, if we would have set both those kids down and said, Hey guys, we can't handle conflicts this way. What do you think is a better way? Both these kids have been like, we could talk it out. We could apologize. Yeah, agreed. Now, guys, what do you think would be a a consequence if like we just can't do it? We just can't talk it out. It it just seems to be happening. What do you guys think? Um, I don't know. Maybe they don't know. Then you could say, well, I think we might need to move seats where we just sit separate. Now, would you guys like that? No, we like sitting together. That's what I thought. So I I thought that would be the case. So what do you guys think we can do from now now on? Oh, we'll talk to each other. Okay, great. And here's the deal, guys. If we hear about it again, we're going to move seats. Okay, is that a deal? Good. Now let's say we hear about it again. Now we can say, I see you chose to move seats. We didn't choose it. We did not choose it. We gave them the responsibility and the opportunity. Man, if you give children responsibilities and opportunities, when the consequence comes, it's not on you. But if you take responsibility for their actions and you come in and you step in and you act like you, that they don't have any way to contribute to their own solution, you remove their authority and you even make them question their own judgment. They don't even believe inside themselves that they could come up with something. They really think, well, I guess I could have handled it on my own. I'm glad I have dad here. I'm glad Mm -hmm. mom could step in. Right. That's just not necessary.
0: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a significant piece is that I think, you know, for them to work it out. And I think for, for us as parents, sometimes it's, it's showing them that we do have a belief in them as individuals, that they can have potential to make these decisions. And, and I think sometimes we have to take a step back as parents and say, okay, I have to allow my kids to make decisions. Absolutely. Yes, we're the parent. We have to guide them, but giving them the ability to make decisions on their own is so important. And again, I think sometimes parents do have like I always have like a fear of being that dad where it's like when my kids get older, they're like, Oh, all dad did was yell. And I don't want to be that dad. So it's like I'm I've always tried to figure out ways to really Um, create, you know, safer spaces to have conversations. Sometimes, I mean, I'm not the best at it. I mean, obviously we're, we're human beings. We make mistakes, but I've been, but I do intentionally try to have those conversations of, Hey, listen, I'm trying to get you to make a decision, but this is your consequence, right? Like in having those conversations, but again, it's um, for them, it's an empowering piece. It's equipping them with tools for their future. It's equipping them with the ability to have, um, healthier, um, I guess self-regulation too, right. Um, cause they do work through these things and they figure out how to, how to balance things out together. And that's a, that's a significant piece of what we're, what you're trying to do. And, and I think what we should be listening to as, as parents.
1: Thank you for that. Yeah. You know, even my teenager, um, he has, we have consequences and one of the, one of the examples is, um, if he's not in the truck, by 8:15, he misses his ride to school. So we have, we don't, we only have a bus every other week yeah, right now. And he's actually he gets his license in March. Um, so we're almost there, but um, he's got his permit right now. So what what happens is that uh, there's a hard boundary around 8:15 because I generally have meetings at nine. So if he's not in my truck at 8:15, he misses the bus and he has to take a bike. So the people in my neighborhood go, he takes a bike to school. Like it's pretty far. He's only had to do it a handful of times, but it is pretty far. And the truth is like he has a mountain bike. I know people that drive their bikes like crazy miles. I'm like, yeah, he'll take the bike. It might take 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but he will get there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what I do is I, I have basically set that up the first couple times that he was making us late. I just said, Hey, Hey hon, this isn't working. Like I know that you're struggling, right, to get everything ready and to be prepared on time. But what's happening is that your struggle is bleeding over into my work schedule. So here's what I need us to do: either you get there at eight fifteen, or you take the bike. Technically, I'm okay either way, okay. But I want to take you to school, and I want you to know that. Uh, however, I have to make a real hard cutoff here. So I did that. Of course, the very next week, <laughs> you know, kids just, they're not, they they sometimes just have to test to see if we're real, to see if the mm-hmm. line is, is there, is there, is there a real boundary? So I don't want my cat eating our, uh, our um, bearded <laughs> dragon. She's like hovering over his cage right now. So <laughs> get off of there there we go. (laughs) Like, she's literally like uh, hunting my bearded dragon right now. I'm like, no, no, no. So the, so then one, you know, the morning that he tested that boundary, it was not a good morning to take a bike. It was cold. It was drizzly. It was miserable, but he had to take the bike. And, you know, uh, for the rest of that week, and I, it was about another week that went by before he had to take the bike again. And he mm-hmm. realized, and and he, and I wrote him a message, a sweet message. I said, honey, I know you're probably upset. You really don't like having to take the bike. I hope you know where I'm coming from here. This boundary, I want you to know, is, is for your best interest and my best interest. It's going to take you a little bit to build up the chops, the responsibility, the kind of accountability that you need to make this work but all the things that you're going to build in terms of skills and character and, resp- and those kinds of things are going to be worth it. And I hope you know that he comes back and he says, it's okay, dad. I love you because that's, he knows it's on yeah, him, man.
0: That's huge. Well, am we are about ready to run out of time here, but I want to go ahead and I want to ask one last question because I think this is the important part, right? Cause you talked about your son earlier coming back saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just a bad, I'm just a bad kid. Right. So now how do we discipline our kids to the place where they know that it's not because they're being bad, right. Or that they're bad kids. How do we get them to understand? Like, and, and maybe you have already addressed this, but I think like, it's just more of a, for me anyway, I don't, cause I've heard my kids say like, Oh, did I, am I being bad or Hey, were we good today? Right. And I'm like, yeah. guys, like, it's not about being bad. Bad or good? Like you guys are good kids, you know. It's like you just make some poor decisions at times, right? But um, how do we get them to to understand that they're not bad kids? It's just it's just poor decisions, right? What are, What are some tools that we can do with that?
1: Absolutely, great question. One of the first things I would say is that um, man, there's a, there's a lot I could talk about here because there's a difference between discouraging and encouraging. Okay, so when we're mm-hmm. parenting, we were mostly raised with the discouragement model. Mm -hmm. We weren't raised with an encouragement model. And what I mean is like a quick exercise that if I were to say, you know, um, and the listeners, you guys could do this right now. If I were to say, for example, and, and just, just do what I say. Okay. So, uh, don't open your mouth. Don't close your mouth. Don't blink. Don't shake your head side to side. Don't leave your head still don't move your body. Don't sit still. Okay. Now we stop. Okay. Now we'll do the We'll do the exact same exercise. And I'm going to tell you what to do. Okay. Open your mouth. Close your eyes. Open your eyes. Close your mouth. Nod your head. Stop nodding your head. Lift your hand. Put your hand down, which is easier.
0: And doing obviously doing the things that you're told to do.
1: Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and why, why is that easier?
0: I think it's because it's because it, I, I mean, I guess it sounds more like empowering. It's, it's like, it's an individual thing. It's like, this is my decision, like in a sense, cause I'm being told to do it, but I'm, I have control of what's happening in that
1: sense. Yeah. What happened whenever I told you to not do something?
0: That was agitating.
1: Why Why, <laughs> why was that?
0: Well, I mean, it's like, because like, you don't know what I can't do, but at the same time. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, a thing yeah, so true, right? Part yeah. of us wants yeah. to rebel against that. And yeah. you have to think twice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you had to think about what to do. Like, okay, I don't do that. But what to do? So that is a very small example of how, there's a difference between discouraging and encouraging. There's a difference between telling a child what you want them to do and telling a child what they shouldn't do. And so many of us were just raised with, Hey, don't make those noises. Hey, stop that. Hey, don't, you know, et cetera. And so, you know, there's, there's just a, there's just a subtle difference in, in energy when we tell a child what we expect and how we would like them to meet the expectation. So, Hey, Hey guys, I expect you to be calm in here. Hey guys, we need our inside voice, you know, instead of, Hey guys, knock it off. Hey guys, stop doing that. Hey guys, you're being too loud. Right. So, so there's a difference in that. The next part, and this is the really big part. I think that, that it comes down to when it comes to good or bad, see children are not good or bad. Children are either, uh, equipped or not equipped They either possess the thing that they need in terms of a skill or a character trait or a virtue, or they don't. So when I work with parents, a lot of times what we talk about are what are your challenges, right? And that's a common question is, what are your challenges? So let's say, um, you know, my children are just not responsible. They don't listen well, they don't do this, they don't do that, blah, 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 blah. So they give me all these challenges. And then the, the second question is, well, what are the character traits or the skills that your children need to thrive as adults. When they give me that list, it sounds a little bit like this. They need to be responsible, empathetic, they need to be cooperative, they need to have discipline, they need to have grit and determination, they need to do these things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when I look at challenges, what I'm really seeing is a child who's lacking the character traits or the skills it's not that they're good or they're bad. They just don't have these character traits and skills. For example, a teenager may not have temperance, one of the cardinal virtues. Uh, a young child may not have responsibility, so they keep forgetting their lunchbox. That's that's a character trait or a skill. Um, the children, for example, on the bus ride, my son and the other and the neighbor. They don't have conflict resolution skills. They, they lacked empathy. They, they were missing these things. So I don't think they were bad. I think they were missing the skill. I think they were missing the character trait. So what I try to change the conversation to is there are three things that I focus on with my kiddos. Virtues, skill sets, and character traits. And whenever I see my child struggling with a challenge, I try to identify which virtue, which skill, or which character trait he or she is missing. I only have boys, but which of them they're missing. Then what I'm looking for is a skill gap, exercise, opportunity, facilitation, even a story that can help them understand that skill. You know, how can, how many different ways can I help bring about the awareness that they might want to have and possess these virtues these skill sets why would a child need determination why would responsibility help you how could it serve you if a child is was possessing the skills and the character traits and the virtues you wouldn't have the challenges because yeah. challenges are just that we're missing those now what's great about challenges is that challenges are the perfect opportunity to develop and to learn about the importance of a skill a virtue or a character trait and so I really try to change the conversation from our children aren't bad or good. What they're really doing is they're missing skill sets. And if we equip them and we help them learn how to develop those, we get a better child. They get to be more independent. They have more autonomy. We feel better about their future. We have more confidence in ourselves and them. It's just a win, 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 win in every way.
0: Yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, Brandon, I appreciate your time. I really do. And I think that uh, you gave a lot of great insight into, into ways that we can be better at disciplining our kids in, in a way that's uh, healthy for everyone and healthy for the family. So it's a um, really appreciate that. So, uh, bdadly.com is where they can go find out more about you, your podcast, Be Dadly, right? That's the yep. podcast you have. Um, and um, social media, they have a way to contact you on social
1: media. Yeah, at bdadly official on Instagram and then facebook.com forward slash bdadlyofficial on Facebook. And uh, and then on my on um, you can sign up for a consultation. The first consultation is completely free. Um, and then also there's a quiz on there that I think a lot of dads and parents in general have really found a lot of value. And, and what it does is it talks about the four dispositions that we might have as a parent and our, what's our primary disposition and how it's impacting our parenting challenges. It's really insightful. It takes only a few minutes to fill out. And I've, everybody said it's kind of really accurate. So I think, I think you'll enjoy that. And obviously there's a lot more resources for you there as well. There's a blog. Um, and then if you sign up, we have a newsletter as well.
0: Awesome. I'll uh, link all those in the show notes so you guys can find them there. Well, hey, again, Brandon, thank you for your time and uh, appreciate everything that you do for for kids and, and for parents. Appreciate it's that. It's my pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me on. Yeah.
0: Well, that was my interview with Brandon Jones. And again, such a great conversation. I appreciate his time. Um, again, you know, when it comes to disciplining our kids and when it comes to you know things like that, we know we're going to make mistakes. We're not going to always do this perfectly, but it's just all about trying to engage with our kids in a way that's healthy, honest, and builds up a good connection between all of us. But remember, as I say in this podcast, we're not here to be the best dads in the world. It's not going to be possible. We're going to make mistakes. We're just here to be the best dads for our kids right now. That's all we can be. That's what it's about for being a dad on purpose. So again, thank you for your listening. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, share, uh, comment. Um, We'd love to hear from you. So with that, see you next episode. Bye.